can we come together this very morning and with a heart of humility and surrender? Can we just sing in your arms of love, in your arms of love, and make this our prayer before we go ahead and continue on with our service with a message that the Lord has in store for us this very morning. Let's sing together in your arms. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Heavenly Father, whether we sit, whether we walk, and whether we stand, I pray, God, that we will do all those things for you, my living God. For you are the reason that we sing. You are the reason that we hope. And you are the reason that we worship.
touch our hearts this very morning. Pierce our hearts with the words of truth of the word that you have in store for us. Nothing else in life can transform us or change us unless it's the word of God that has pierced our hearts. Lord, bring light to our eyes. Help us to see the truth. Open up our stubborn hearts. Soften up our hardened hearts. We're in desperate need of one touch, one meal, one word, one encounter. That's all it takes, God. May we remember why we are living and who we are living for. May we honor you today. Lord, may you be honored in this service. May your name be glorified. Nothing more, nothing less. For it's all about you, for your kingdom, and for your glory, and for your righteousness. We thank you, Lord, for the honor and the privilege to be able to serve you in such a manner, to be able to receive your word in such a manner, to be able to be saved by you, that all my sins are washed, to have life to the full, to have hope and meaning in life. Thanks for giving us new names, a new identity that is found in Christ. May you strengthen these young men and women of God who are here and who are listening here in this place. May they strengthen their feeble arms and their weak knees. May they grow strong in the foundation that is found in Jesus Christ. We give you all the honor, all the glory once again. We praise you. Pray all these things. Your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. And amen. Welcome, church. Let's take a moment to greet one another uh, at this time before we begin our message. The title of today's message is called Sit, Walk, and Stand. Sit, Walk, and Stand. Let's start with the first and the main scripture found in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. And it says this, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And Psalm 1, the scripture that I prayed in the beginning, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked, wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers not so the wicked they are like shaft that the wind blows away Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to 
destruction. Amen and amen. I've been reading a book called Sit, Walk, Stand by Watchman Nee, based on the book of Ephesians. And that's where I'm basing off this message. And as I continue on reading that book, we're going to continue in understanding what it means to sit and to walk and to stand in Christ in this one life, in this dark world. So let me begin with this, with point number one. You are who you sit, walk, and stand with. You are who you sit, walk, and stand with. Meaning, like minds will attract like minds. Like characters will draw in like characters. Who you break meals with. Who you spend time with. Who you speak with. Who you share your deepest secrets with. Your deepest secrets. The scripture makes it very clear in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 to 18. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Belial means Satan. Other words, Satan. Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. And I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. This does not mean that we cannot spend time with unbelievers. Rather, it is saying, do not compromise your faith when you are with unbelievers. That's what it's saying. For anybody, never compromise your faith for anyone, including family members, your childhood friends. No matter who they are, do not compromise your faith for anybody. That's what the scripture is making clear. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Do not waste your time trying to fit in with unbelievers, with worldly friends. It's saying do not divide up your loyalty, meaning you are either for Christ or you are against Christ. You are standing with Christ or you are standing against Christ. And the truth is that for those people, individuals who come to church and who are lukewarm for Christ, who are in the middle, you actually stand against Christ. For you are either for him or are you against him. You are in the middle and you are compromising your faith. Proverbs 2.20 says, Thus you will walk in the ways of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. As Christians, we are called to walk in the ways of godly things, the ways that are good, the path of righteousness. Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. 
Again, like minds will attract, will bring in, draw in like minds, and like character will draw in like characters. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. When you hang out with clowns, you become a clown yourself. The scripture makes it very clear. Sit, walk, and stand. Again, based on the book of Ephesians, also in Psalm 1 that we just read, meaning we are called to live our whole lives in Christ, whether we sit, whether we walk, and whether we stand. For we are born helpless as babies, and we die old, helpless as babies. We come in, in full circle, which is called the circle of life. Meaning we sit, we walk, we stand. We sit, we walk, and stand. Just like Easter. We celebrate Easter, we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Good Friday, and it's a cycle over and over again. Whether we sit, walk, and stand. May you live your whole lives for Christ. Amen. That is my heart for each and every single one of you and for those who are listening here today as Christian men and women of God. So, so point A, sit. What do I mean by sit? You're all sitting here today. This is where it all begins, sitting. Sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ, sitting. The simplest out of the three, sit, walk, stand, the simplest out of the three, yet the most difficult. We are called to have childlike faith, not childish faith, meaning scripture makes it very clear, you must change and become like little children if you want to inherit the kingdom of God. Many times when children are left alone, We become spoiled, bratty, because we get what we want all the time. Have you ever tried to have a child to stand or to sit still? Sit still, it's impossible. But we are called to sit with a childlike faith at the feet of Jesus and listen to his voice. May we sit at the feet of Jesus here today. May we continue to sit our whole lives, no matter how old we become. Whether we hit the age of 50, 60, 70, 80, whether we're lying down, may we sit symbolically, spiritually speaking. May we sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his words and hear his words and hear his instructions. Luke 10, 38 to 42 says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha, we all know Martha, the older sister of Mary and Lazarus, opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening. This is not SAT, don't get stressed, trauma. Who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, 
one of the most powerful words of Jesus when he says your name twice. Martha, Martha. Andy, Andy. Enrico, Enrico. Andy, Andy's much easier. Just flows easier. The Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Even if we live our whole lives sitting at the feet of Jesus, you've made it. If you're sitting at the feet of Jesus, you will be led to walk and to stand for Christ. For this is the foundation, sitting at the feet of Jesus, as Martha, as Mary did here at the feet of Jesus. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. It's talking about Satan and his work. All of us also lived among them at one time before we were saved, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us, seated. That word is so important in this passage. Seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Why? In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen and amen. And I talk about this all the time. We only focus on Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, but we forget verse 10, for we are God's handiwork, but before we are called God's handiwork, before we go and walk and do the work that God called us to do, we sit at the feet of Jesus because when we're seated with him, there's so many priceless gifts, incomparable riches of his grace, kindness that we receive, strength that we receive from Christ, and we sit at the feet of Jesus. We learn that it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is faith. It has nothing to do with you and your works and your merits. It is not from yourselves. It is a free gift of God. It is a priceless gift as you receive worldly gifts, it is a free gift. It is not, here's your gift, give me a dollar. Now you need to work harder. And with that, by sitting, 
we become and we are God's workmanship, his handiwork. Verse 10, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Meaning you must first be seated in order for you to walk. Walk means work, do his work. So let it be walk. Almost eight times the word is mentioned in the book of Ephesians. If it's mentioned almost eight times, that means it's pretty important. In Bible, whenever there's repetition in words, it means it is important. Pay attention to those words. And the ordering here is crucial. For we must first sit and rest in Christ. And we draw strength as we sit at the feet of Jesus. We draw encouragement from him. And then after that, we can walk and run this race in Christ well, as it says in Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork. But before that, don't forget verse 6. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Remember, remember back to Luke 10, Martha, Martha. Only few things are needed. Only one thing is important. You're worried about many things. But Mary has chosen what is better. What is that? It is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Ephesians 4.1 says, As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you, Paul says, to live. When it says live, it means walk. Walk a life of worthy of the calling you have received. So when you see the word live here in Ephesians, it means to walk. Ephesians 4, 17-18. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live, walk as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Ephesians 5, 8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live, live as children of light, not adults, jaded, too grown up, but as children of light. Walk as children of light. Walking, the meaning of walking, it means to put your faith into action. Put it into action. Put it into action. Put to practice his commands. When we sit with Christ, we are able to forsake the world and all of his desires, and we will be able to walk faithfully with the Lord. When you sit with Christ, we as Christians now, we work, we walk with him, and most importantly, and this is very important, and I'm ending this point with this lasso point, is stand. Meaning as Christians, automatically, the moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the moment you make a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are automatically deployed to war. Meaning, you are called to stand. 
May we turn to our neighbor at this moment and say, stand your ground. Stand. Remember, the ordering is crucial. We must sit, then we can walk, and then we stand as warriors in Christ. The ordering is very important. You must sit and rest in Christ. Walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling that Christ has placed in your life. And then, now, you can stand. Stand with what? Ephesians 6, 10-20 makes it very clear. The armor of God. Put on the full armor of God. Who goes to war without the armor? For those computer and gaming geeks here, if you have all these items saved, you got the special armor that you spent with your own money with, I don't know, it's making stuff up. You pay for them when you should have worked for them or used a cheat code or something. And you have the option to put on the armor of the character that you have chosen. Would you go with a shirt off and just, I guess, the underwear and just pick up a stick and fight? Yes or no? The answer is no. That's ridiculous. Why would you do that? Even in video games, you wouldn't do that, even though that's not real life. Even in real life, we would not do that. And what's more real than this flesh, than the real life that we are living in, is the spiritual life. Spiritually speaking, we cannot win this fight, for our enemy is strong, for there are many. He has a purpose, he has a plan to kill and to destroy, and to destroy the man and woman of God, to take away from the faith, from the narrow gate, to distract them from the worries and the pleasures of this life. And that is where we need to put on the full armor of God. We need to put on the armor. Just like in the movie Troy, we put on the armor. Before we go into battle, we put on the armor. Every day, we need to put on the armor. And what is the armor? According to Ephesians 6, starting with verse 10, it says, Finally, Paul tells us, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your what? Stand. Stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not the flesh. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This is a spiritual fight. This is a spiritual battle. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Turn to your neighbor and say, stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then 
with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Be alert. Be alert. How? Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people, not just for yourselves. Pray for others. Pray also for me, Paul says. That's why I ask you guys to pray for me always. Not so that I can become great, but because I need prayer as much as you need prayer. For we all have targets on our backs from the evil one. Pray also for me, for whenever I speak, words may be given so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Amen and amen. Stand up straight. You're fighting on the Lord's side. Stop scrunching. You're on the winning side and you must stand up straight as you should as Paul says as I should and so should you Hebrews 12 12 says therefore strengthen strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees and some of us were out of shape spiritually we're out of shape and we can relate that with physically being out of shape. And what happens when we're out of shape is so difficult to get back. But we need to strengthen and we need to put resistance. We need to fight the good fight. We need to remember why we're here. Strengthen your feeble knees. Strengthen, strengthen your feeble arms. Strengthen your weak knees, it says. Be strong, remain strong. Put on the full armor of God. The Bible is amazing because it calls us to become warriors in Christ. And yet at the same time, innocent as a dove, wise as serpents. And at the same time, to be like children. To, fo to follow our leader as children with childlike faith. Matthew 18, 1-5 says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. In other words, he made the child stand. He placed the child to stand among the disciples. These are amazing, godly, well, not yet at this moment, but they will be, for we talked about a little bit of their martyrdom and how they died and how they stood up for Christ. Jesus brings a little child and places this child in front of them, standing in front of them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become, meaning you walk and stand like little children, like this child that is right here in front of you, unless you stand like this little child, 
you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child, for children are undermined, for children are taken advantage, for children need protection. That is why there's trafficking and underage child trafficking is another level and we are called to protect children. But like this child, in this lowly position of this child, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Greatest. But yet, the world continues on aborting, abusing, hurting children. And whoever welcomes one child in my name welcomes me. Like I said, in other translations it says, the child was standing before them. Sit, walk, and stand, not just like warriors, but as children, as a child of God. Point number two, you are who you shadow. You are who you shadow. In hospitals, having good leaders as nurses, or in any jobs, in showing you the ropes, imagine they don't teach you anything. You are who you shadow. And you know this in places where you have worked, in teams you have worked in, or even in classrooms with teachers. The scripture makes it very clear, and as Paul declares in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. KJV says, imitate me, and I love that word imitate. Not just the word follow, but imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. We imitate Christ, and we also imitate the example of those that we follow, our leaders. So letter A, imitate Christ for real. Letter B, imitate real godly leaders. Imitate Christ and imitate godly leaders. His way, his heart, his love. And can we turn to our neighbor and say, for real? <laughs> for real. Imitate Christ. Imitate godly leaders. And lastly, last point here, point number three, is you are what you wear. You are what you wear. Ephesians 6, 10 to 20. You must put on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God. We're going to read it just one more time, and I want you to visualize and imagine yourself with wearing these articles of clothing, pieces of body parts, 
armor for your body parts. It says, Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, the armor of God, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So should you as well, man and woman of God. Before you can go and save anyone else, you need to save yourself. Listen to me carefully. Before you can go and save anyone else, you need to save yourself. You need to help yourself. You hear help in a dark cave. You're on a hike on a dark cave, and you hear the words, help! And as someone with good intentions, you go into a spiral of darkness, going deeper into the cave. Are you there? Like, help! Help! You go in, wanting to help them. And then you realize it hits you too late. It hits you too late that now that you are in that same situation, lost as that individual, screaming for help also, and you have found yourself in the cave as well. If you cannot come prepared in the dark cave, if you do not prepare yourself with the armor of God, in this battle, you will become a burden not just to others, but ultimately you will kill yourself and you will not live. You will not thrive. You will not survive in this battle, in this war that we are in. Put on the full armor of God. Go in ready and prepare. But so many of us who are here today, we are still wearing our garments of bitterness from the past. We're still wearing the cloaks of anger and frustration from the past. We're still wearing garments of selfishness, clothing of self-righteousness, and a cap of bitterness. That even when you see and you try to see with right eyes, 
You want to see the world with the right eyes, with the right lens, yet the cap of the shadow of bitterness is still covering your eyes. You're not able to see clearly to the light that Christ has in store for you. Take off the worldly garments of bitterness. Take off the cap of bitterness. But put on His righteousness. The breastplate of His righteousness. The belt of buckle wrapped around your waist. The truth wrapped around your waist. The shield to block the flaming arrows that come your way. The shield of faith, it says. And the sword of the word of God. And to put on the helmet of salvation, it says. Are you wearing the full armor of God with the shoes ready? The feet fitted, radiance of the gospel, the truth of the gospel. So when you go in there naked into the cave trying to help others with good intentions, you will find yourself lost and you will find yourself dead. And when you're dead, you cannot help anyone else. When you're dead, it is done, it is over. There's no second chance, there's no third chance. But while you have life, (sighs) breath, eyes to see, ears to hear. You have the opportunity. It's not on the screen, but letter A. Take off your worldly garments and letter B, put on cloaks of his righteousness. Put on the cloak of his righteousness. Paul is telling the church and to the believers here today, to you and to me. He's saying, see. Open your eyes. Look at yourself in the mirror. Look to God. You are still worldly. Reflect upon your actions. Reflect upon your life. Reflect upon your heart. Ask the Lord, Lord, come and test me. Test me. Test me, Lord. And help me to see my heart for what it is. 1 Corinthians 3, 1, 3, not on the screen says, brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. Mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not yet. You are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Letter A, take off your worldly garments. Letter B, put on cloaks of his righteousness. Put on the cloak of his righteousness, meaning put on the full armor of God. Men and women of God, We'll be in this series 
for a few weeks, Christian maturity. And I want to challenge you to come ready, to come humble, to come broken, to come hungry and thirsty so that we may live the rest of our lives. Sitting, walking, and standing with Christ, for Christ, and in Christ. May you continue on in this journey, life well, in your respective journey, in your decisions, in the choices that you make. I want to challenge you to trust in the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. May you declare today, Lord, whether I sit, walk, and stand, I will do it for you. For you are my God. For you are my King. For you are my hope. You are who you sit, walk, and stand with. Therefore, sit, walk, stand. You are who you shadow. Imitate Christ. Imitate godly leaders. You are what you wear. Therefore, take off your worldly garments and put on cloaks, the cloak of his righteousness. Amen. And amen. I want to invite the priest team to come up. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the word that you had in store for us this very morning. Lord, thank you for your promises and for your goodness, Lord. Who are we to receive such blessing of words of encouragement, being able to chew and to dine and to eat on the word of God? God, what a blessing it is. What an honor it is to be able to be fed by you and to drink from the well that will never run dry. When we feel weak, when we feel tired, when we are hopeless, you're the reason that we sing and you're the reason that we continue on in this one life that you have called us to live. So with that truth, Lord, we declare this last song to you and we sing this song out of the pureness of our hearts and worship you in spirit and in truth. Let's all stand to our feet and let's sing together. You make all things new.
Heavenly Father, as you put on the full armor of God, we stand. We stand against the devil's schemes. We understand that our fight is not the flesh, but it is the spiritual forces of this dark world of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, God, we put on right now as you speak the full armor of God, ready to fight the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And we stand our ground. And after we have done everything to stand, we will continue to stand firm as good soldiers, as warriors in Christ, by putting on and remembering that we have the belt of truth buckled around our waist, that we have the breastplate of righteousness in the right place, and with the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And we take up and we put up and we carry where it is on the floor. We pick up the shield of faith to extinguish all the flaming arrows. And most importantly, God, we put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of your word. And we will pray. And we will seek, we will sit, we will walk, and we will stand for righteousness. We thank you, we love you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. God's people pray. Amen. And amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, do not remember the sins of our youth and our rebellious ways, but according to your love, remember us. For you, Lord, are good and faithful and steadfast. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, present your blameless, pure, and holy before his holy presence. May you know and encounter the unending love of the Father, and may the Lord continue to pursue after you, lead you, and guide you forevermore. And as God's people, we pray. Amen and amen.